Welcome back to Project Freelance. We are on season eight of the show. I can't believe we've been going for eight seasons. This is absolutely bananas. Thank you guys for coming back. I know we were kind of on a hiatus, but I was focusing so hard on my other podcast, No Tracers, which is all about exploring abandoned places, that I kind of took a little break from Project Freelance. It was a much needed break. I, I wanted to get new guests on the show. I wanted to get some old guests back on the show and schedule everything out. So now we are back to Project Freelance. Thank you for coming back. If you are a new listener, please hit the subscribe button. And if you've been listening for any amount of time, please do me a favor and leave a rating and feedback on the show, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow on the iTunes charts and it helps us reach a broader audience. So I appreciate you guys doing that. If you do leave a rating and feedback, Take a screenshot of it and DM it to me on Instagram at Project Freelance and I will actually send you a signed photo print. So I am a freelance videographer and photographer. So if you guys want to check out some of my prints, if you want to support my work, I actually have a photo book out called No Tracers and Urban Explorer's Diary. It's all about my stories and has my photos from exploring abandoned places all over the world. So if you guys are interested in supporting my art, there are a few links down in the description that you guys can click on that will you know, allow you to support me further. I also have a Patreon where you guys get access to my content early. And there are many other ways, photo prints, all kinds of stuff. Or you can hire me for my services as a videographer or a photographer or a certified drone pilot. Whatever you need, I got you. So this week on Project Freelance, I am speaking with Connor Frost. I'm super excited to get into this episode. Connor helps hidden musicians to write and release their first single or album. So he has a program that he's been running. He's had over 800 students, and we're going to be talking about how he got into music, what he's done as a musician, how he built his career, what real jobs he had while he was building it. We'll also be talking about his program, his mentorship, all the things he does, and what he does to help musicians around the world. So before we get into it, I got to thank our partner, Liquid Death Water. If you've never heard of Liquid Death Water, hey, don't worry. I've got an ad coming for you in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water. A water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid Death, murder your thirst. So if you guys want to give Liquid Death Mountain Water a try and murder your thirst today, head to liquiddeath.com and use code just the letter K for 10% off your order, your entire order. So you can order one case of water, you can order 50 cases of water, and you'll still get 10% off that order if you use code just the letter K. Thank you, Liquid Death, for partnering with me on this show and all the things that I do. I appreciate you guys very much. Without further ado, here is Connor Frost. Please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the Project Freelance audience. Uh, my name is Connor, and it's really good to be here. I am a musician, I'm a lifelong teacher, and I have a mentoring program where I help hidden musicians to write and release their first album or single. Uh, and I suppose that's me in a nutshell. 
Amazing. So tell me a little bit about how you got into music in the first place. Like what brought you into the world of, of entertainment and music? Yeah, so I grew up, uh, for better or for worse, I grew up in a musical family. Um, so I was constantly surrounded by music. And I think just growing up in that kind of environment, uh, it, it kind of just became like water to me. It was just something that, uh, you know, I was living and breathing. And so from an early age, you know, did the whole taking piano lessons thing, eventually switched to trumpet. Uh, and then around, I guess the age of 10, I got my first guitar and, uh, starting in, I guess probably shortly after that, maybe when I was like 12 or 13 started, uh, playing in, in, you know, middle school cover bands and, uh, started even like writing some songs. And I, I just became really hooked, uh, hooked on songwriting. I just loved, uh, writing my own tunes. I loved of being in a band and um yeah and kind of since then have have never really looked back so tell me about what it was like to join your first music project like your first band like yeah a high school band is one thing and yeah. i mean i did that as well you know I, yeah. I started on trumpet went to saxophone went to drumline and then when i was 16 my family moved to the middle east where marching band yeah. doesn't exist so oh, wow. i had to kind of give up my dream of being in college marching band but uh <laughs> For you, what was it like to, to join your first music project as like a, a teenager? Yeah. So I would say kind of my first official, like quote unquote, serious band was in high school. Um, and a good buddy of mine who I'm still close with now, um, needed a guitarist for his project. Um, and it was amazing. It was, uh, my, I think it was like junior year of high school and it was just, so cool to be a part of a creative process. Uh, we did the whole like, you know, rehearse in a garage in the suburbs kind of thing. Um, and I loved every second of it. And I always say like, I, I owe it to my, my buddy for really getting me involved in that because like, if I hadn't had that experience, like who knows where I'd be now. Um, and then my first like official project of my own, I would say, uh, was in college, uh, my college band, the end piece, uh, with my best friend, uh, Mickey and another person who just kind of encouraged me to, to start a band with him and, um, amazing experience of being a band leader, really the first time I, I you know, was writing my own songs and we were uh, performing the songs that I had written, practicing the songs that I had written. And, um, yeah, it was just this like sense of belonging that I don't think I've, I've really felt, uh, anywhere else, just feeling so at home with, uh, writing your own songs, uh, practicing and performing them. And from there was able to use that experience as kind of a vehicle to start booking shows. Um, and, uh, you know, we would uh, play shows in New York when we would come home for like breaks and stuff. Uh, we would play on campus shows at Connecticut college, which is my alma mater. Um, so yeah, I think just that that first band leader experience was uh, so important for me because it really set me on a path that you know uh, where I where I still am now. So with booking shows, like were you guys were you doing this all yourself or did you like have a booker? So. Uh, I have been booking shows basically for the last uh, 10 years on our own with, you know, the various projects that I've been a part of, um, with the exception of like a couple tours where we've had, uh, we've had people booking shows, uh, for me, for us. Um, 
but yeah i mean we you know there wasn't really i mean there were other bands on campus and college and such but like we were just learning by throwing stuff at the wall and, and seeing what would stick. Um, you know, we really, we didn't really know what we were doing per se, but I think we were just having a good time and, and just kind of learning through doing so. So yeah, I mean, booking shows like on campus, you know, back when I was in college, I think that was great just because there, there is sort of this audience there already just being in like that kind of community. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just continued to grow and I continued to learn. Um, I remember I threw a show that like, um, uh, we, we got like an approval for like a keg. This was like my senior year of, of college. And it was like one of the, the biggest events, you know, certainly of, of my time there. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's just a lot of learning, learning by doing for sure. Yeah. I think that's, uh, the case for a lot of, you know, up and coming musicians. If mm -hmm. you could like go back and give yourself some advice, <laughs> as like a, a young musician, like, what would you say to yourself? Um, I think I would say that, uh, perhaps, uh, it was, it would be okay to let go of <laughs> some control that maybe I felt like I needed early on, you know, maybe it, it would have been okay to entrust others to, to help me out with certain processes. Um, I think I still do have this, uh, this, this, this trust issue, not, not even a trust issue, just this like, uh, struggle to, to relinquish a uh, certain, uh, control that I have, whether it's related to music or, you know, the, my business. Um, so I think I, that's probably what I would say is that like, it's okay to bring other people into your process, you know, regardless of how early it is. Yeah, I think a lot of us uh, like to keep things very close to our chest when it comes to you know writing, writing music totally. and distributing music and managing ourselves. And I remember a few years ago, I was trying to do everything myself, and then was approached by a manager, and he was like, "I can, I can take some of this weight off of your shoulders, and you know, you can focus on what you do best, which is write the music and make the right. music." And I think that that honestly changed the game for me because it totally. freed up so much time for me to focus on what I want to do. And I'm sure you could say the same thing, like, you know, relinqu relinquishing some of that control allowed you to, to focus more on your craft. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even back then, uh, I think it was even more about just learning from others as well. You know, like I think if I had brought other people in, cause I was obviously very, I was very new to everything like songwriting, even, uh, booking shows. And I think had I brought some other people in to, to provide different perspectives and different skills, um, I would have, uh, probably learned a lot. And, um, you know, eventually I, eventually I kind of came around and, and uh, have been collaborating with, with people ever since. Um, and that's been an incredible education on all fronts. Yeah. I think collaborations is the, the one of the fastest ways for growth as totally. like, I I've been doing covers on YouTube for 10 years, you know, mm -hmm. and writing original music as well. But I think doing those collaborations has been the biggest path to growth for me personally. And I think that goes across the board with any artist, you know, whether it's music or if you're a, uh, a sketch artist or if you're any kind of artist, like I think collaborating is the fastest way to grow. And can you tell me about some of the collaborations you've done that you are like exceptionally proud of? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's a bunch and, and, uh, I, I, uh, will apologize to anyone in advance that I'm, I'm leaving out just because there've been so many amazing collaborations. But, um, I think first and foremost is obviously with my various band members over the years. Um, I think running a band can be, uh, challenging and, and figuring out the dynamics of, of who has creative control, who has administrative control and everything else. But, Overall, my experience is working with the various people I've worked with uh, in a songwriting and performing capacity has been has been amazing. So certainly I'm proud of that, I think, especially because I've sort of been the person kind of running, running that um, and uh, facilitating, uh, facilitating that whole process. So definitely something I'm proud of. Um, uh, our producer for a few of our records, John Markson, who plays in a great punk band called Such Gold, as well as a band called Taking Meds. Um, I mean, he's been tremendous uh, in terms of our growth and is someone who I feel like has been there from from the beginning with this current project Dizzy Bats um, produced our first record and he was kind of just getting into production then and he just produced our most uh, recent recent full length as well so certainly that's been a really cool um uh, collaboration because we also went to college together and it kind of feels like we, we, uh, went through, you know, the, the band and, and everything together. Um, and then, uh, another one is my buddy, Michael, who's done, I think now the majority of our music videos co-produced the majority of our music videos. Um, he's from LA. And so, uh, it's always been a great, great excuse to, uh, be able to fly out to Southern California and, and, and shoot some music videos. And I think getting into the film world, just as a musician and, and seeing, what uh, parallels there are between film and music has been really eye-opening, and I've been so inspired by people in film like like Michael um, and the crews that I've worked with, and it's just so cool to see like the the similarities as well as the differences between the art forms. And yeah, just some of the most inspiring people that I've met have been in the world of film. Yeah, I mean, I can totally relate to that as a full-time freelance videographer, drone <laughs> you know, pilot, photographer, editor, whatever. Uh, I think, and a musician, you know, I think there are a lot of similarities there. Totally. And so, yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from with that. And, you know, I have clients ask me all the time, like, where do you get inspiration from? And I tell mm -hmm. them, like, I get inspiration from cinema as well as music. Those mm -hmm. two things inspire me the most, you know? And I, I think that, like it's super important to find what, what draws you in as an artist and, and inspires you. And even, even with songwriting, you know, like I've written songs about movies that I've watched, you know, like where do you gain inspiration right. from through your songwriting? So I think I gain a lot of it from the people that I surround myself with, as well as, uh, personal experiences. Um, and I think songwriting is an interesting thing because, it's something that you live and breathe, you know, it's like the kind of thing where it's like, even when you're not writing a song, like maybe you're writing a song, you know, um, <laughs> just because it's just because you're living and breathing it. Um, so for me, I've almost, uh, and, and it's funny you, you, you talk uh, that, that you asked this question because I, I feel like recently I've started to stray away from this a little bit, just as like sort of an, uh, my, my own kind of personal challenge to myself. Um, but I think I, I, I've treated my songwriting largely as, you know, diary entries and, 
various reflections on on past relationships and and feelings and uh, related to identity or or whatever else. So, um, but recently, I uh, have started to try to write more in the third person, actually. Like I think for years, it's always been me, 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 which is okay. Um, but I've started to, uh, come out of my comfort zone a little bit and, and try writing about a, you know, uh, a character. Um, so that's, so that's been cool. But yeah, to answer your question, I think a lot of my inspiration just comes from, um, surroundings and, and the, the really cool and fortunate life that I'm able to, uh, live based on the opportunities that have been generated. Awesome. So for you, like when you were trying to pursue music or when you were starting to pursue music full time or freelance, you know, uh, what quote unquote real jobs did you have to help sustain your, your income? And, yeah. and I ask this because uh, a lot of people don't understand that you can't just start doing music and then instantly be making money off of streams and instantly be yeah. making money off yeah. of sync yeah. deals and things like that. So for you, what did you do to, to keep up with your, your bills and your expenses? Yeah, for sure. So I've always been in the world of education. So even now with my, uh, my current business of, uh, my, my mentoring business, even that I feel like there's obviously an element of education to that. So, um, I was a full-time teacher for two years before I decided to completely go into the freelance world. So I had a moment in the uh, winter of 2013, where I said, you know, I need to, I need to be doing more music and I need to position myself so I can do uh, more music than I currently am. Um, so I left my teaching job and my first few jobs, uh, were like tutoring, uh, tutoring gigs. So I built up a small tutoring clientele. I probably had like maybe like three or four students in the first couple months of, of hustling for, for tutoring clients. Um, and I would pick up, uh, various like temporary teaching jobs that were like part-time, maybe like every like Saturday morning or something, or every like Tuesday afternoon. So I started to piece together things that way. And for me, it was all about wanting the flexibility, the schedule flexibility so that I could take off to record whenever I wanted to, or I could take off to tour whenever I wanted to. Um, and that's really all that mattered to me. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't so much about, you know, making money off my music, quote unquote, for me, it was more about positioning. And I think that's always kind of been my thesis with how I've lived my life through the freelance world. Um, so those first few, uh, tutoring gigs, uh, definitely, definitely helped, uh, put me in a position where I could prioritize my music. Gotcha. Cool. Um, have you, so this question could go either way. Some of my guests are like, I'm not answering that, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have you ever been screwed over by anyone, uh, when it comes to freelancing or being in a, a band or, you know, touring, booking a show, anything like that? Have I ever been screwed over? Um, not, not in a way that was like necessarily, uh, monumental. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think like, 
Yeah, there might have been like little things over the years of maybe a band member not showing up on time or like a sound person not showing up to a gig. Um, oh, there was one time we played a show in uh, uh, at Denison University in uh, Ohio, and the person who booked it didn't like have a sound system. It was like a like a college <laughs> house show kind of thing, just like things like that. Um, but I, I wouldn't call that screwed over. I guess I would call those just like. I don't know, just being an artist. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I, I would really call them being screwed over. I don't, have I ever been screwed? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, just like things here and there. Like I had a, I had a client uh, one time who did like a couple sessions and uh, just like kind of like bailed and like the communication was really bad and uh, like kind of turned into like a little bit of an argument. So yeah, anyways, I'm going around in circles here, but no, I don't think I've ever like truly been screwed over, which, you know, knock on wood is obviously a good thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, as a, as a freelancer, you know, I think a lot of people can, you know, uh, get taken advantage of sure. or not be paid for their jobs or, you know, and I think we learn a lot from those situations. I mean, like, for example, like I got a couple years ago, I got, uh, hired quote unquote hired by, um, hype beast. They're like, okay. well, they distribute Supreme and like all this stuff. So, uh, I got hired by hype beast to do a, a photo shoot of their new like fall clothing line. Uh -huh. And they were like, we're going to mail you a check for this amount of money. And then you're going to pay the models and for the location and yourself out of that. I was like, okay, cool. So took the check. Uh, and they were like, okay, you got to pay the models through their bank account, blah, blah, blah. turns out the check was fraudulent. So the bank oh, had gosh. to take the money out of my account kind of thing. And like, turns out it wasn't actually hype beast that was hiring me. It was just some scammer on the internet. And oh, I, mean, I definitely, definitely learned a lot from that situation. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's why that question exists on the podcast. For sure. For sure. No, I, no, it's definitely, I, definitely something that happens. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess I've, I've been not paid for a gig that I was supposed to be paid for before, but, um, certainly not. I, I don't mean to compare that to your experience because your, uh, your experience definitely sounds a little bit more involved. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm sorry that happened to you. I mean, it was uh, definitely a learning experience. Totally. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, unfortunately, you know, lost money, but like, I'm kind of glad it happened, you know, because I hear that. now I, I, totally know, hear that. I know better, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. So for you, I know that you do, like, you have this mentorship program uh, and you, you work with up and coming musicians. Have you ever had a mentor yourself? Yeah. So I, I think naturally I've had, you know, mentors, even just like the producers that I've worked with or some of the people I was even talking about having collaborated with. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've had music teachers, uh, certainly, um, I, I've had business coaches, you know, help me most recently with this mentoring program and, and creating a package and, and everything else. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like invest and I'm not just saying this because, <laughs> because I, I am, you know, I, have this mentoring program, but I do think that investing in yourself in general is always going to be, uh, is always going to have a good return. Uh, and then seeking help from, uh, from those who maybe are just like a couple steps ahead of you, right? They don't need to be, um, they don't need to be world famous necessarily to be a good mentor. In fact, maybe those, a lot of those people wouldn't be good mentors, but I think just finding someone who has, 
uh, been there, done that to a certain extent, um, I think can be really powerful because it can create this, um, it can eliminate a lot of the overwhelm and it can create direction. Whereas if you maybe don't invest in some sort of service program course, whatever it may be, um, it might seem a little bit overwhelming and difficult to really navigate through and understand, okay, what should I, what should I be focusing on now and what's coming up next? Yeah, definitely. And so can you walk me through how you created your program? So tell me like what initially made you want to start doing this and, and then take it from there. Sure. Um, yeah, it's funny. I guess this was like a couple years ago now. Um, but one of my clients who was a guitar student of mine at the time, um, she was like, yeah, you should, you should consider life coaching. And I was like, what is that? Like, that doesn't sound real. Like, how do you coach a life? Like I, I literally knew nothing about, I literally knew nothing about like the coaching industry or life coaching at all. So I started to do a little bit of research into, to what it was. And I immediately became intrigued because I loved the idea of, um, creating, helping someone create some sort of transformation, um, with their life, whether it's related to, um, health or creativity or whatever it may be. So after doing some re researching, I was like, you know, this, this feels like it could be my next thing. Like I'd been doing tutoring for, for a while and I, I loved it. I loved helping people. I loved working with people. I love my students, but, uh, I was really intrigued. So without any real direction, I just went out and like hired a business coach, um, um, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I was like, well, maybe this person can help me create my coaching business more or less. Um, so after talking about in that first initial session, like it happened very quickly with that business coach, he was like, wow, like you should absolutely do something where you help musicians. Um, he was like, you know, you have such a, a cool background in terms of the tours that you've been on, the shows that you've booked and everything else, like you should really uh, consider that. And so from there, uh, started to niche down even more, you know, because I think if you're just like, oh, I help musicians, it's like, okay, like that's very broad and a ton of people do that. Like, what do you actually do? And so uh, actually a few months later during uh, this was during the pandemic, the early days of the pandemic ended up hiring another business coach who really helped me to create this program where I specifically help what I call to be hidden musicians to put out their first release and to write their first album or single, whatever it may be. And the reason is because like for me, that first release, most specifically with my current project, Dizzy Bats was such uh, an opportunity generator for me. It was like basically the key to the door that I needed to really get out there and start generating more opportunities. So the idea of helping that person have that tangible release, that tangible first release was something that was really exciting, uh, was really exciting to me. So after a little bit of work with this, uh, business coach, we landed on this program where I specifically help that type of musician. Wow. That's awesome. I love how you, like, <laughs> I, I just love hearing how these things are like initiated. So, totally. um, if, if people want to get involved in this, like what, what do they need to do? Like, how do they, how do they like sign up and what can they yeah. expect in the, in the program? Yeah, absolutely. So 
essentially it starts with um what i call to be a, a just start call and it's a it's a free strategy call essentially um that that lasts you know anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour um and the whole idea is to create some sort of tangible game plan so that whoever it is that I'm talking to understands, you know, what the next steps would be, right? I think there's a lot of overwhelm in terms of like, okay, what does it take to release an album or release a single and to just really break it down and say, okay, no, these are the things that you should be focusing on right now. So after that, uh, after that call, um, if people want to continue working with me, um, we, they, I, I get them enrolled in the program. So it's a 12 week program and you leave with um, three to five finished songs. So finished will look different depending on who you are, right? So like if you're a producer, finished might might mean like you actually have released your, your songs because you yourself are the producer as well as the songwriter. If you are going to eventually be looking for a producer, maybe finished to you would be just creating those song demos to then take the next step of finding a producer uh, and getting your music out there. So all this to say is that they, you know, clients leave with three to five finished uh, songs by the end of those 12 weeks. Um, so yeah, and that's essentially how it works. And it's one-on-one -on -one meeting through Zoom, um, holding people accountable week to week so that they can come out with that finished product. Wow. That's so cool. I love that. It's like, you know, the, there's a set goal that you have for, for your clients and, you know, it, you, you do everything you can to get them there. And, you know, an EP, like writing an EP is essentially like what you're doing with them. It's yeah, like, yeah. like you said, three to five songs and yeah. that's a great way to start and get into it. And, uh, for you, like to go back to like your music career and your, your life sure. as a musician, can you talk a little bit about the difference between writing an EP and a full length and like what that <laughs> entails, because I'm sure a lot of people come to you and they're like, I want to do a whole album. And they just don't <laughs> understand. That's like, uh, a lot more, a lot it's more a of lot. a, yeah, it's a lot. So yeah. Tell it's me a little a bit about that. Yeah. Um, so there are definitely, definitely differences. I think, uh, with a full length album and, and, uh, I've released three, um, you know, in the last 10 years, uh, there are other factors to consider potentially. I mean, it depends what you're doing, but for me personally, you know, you're creating a journey, uh, that is around 10 songs, right? And so creating that journey, um, there's going to be a little bit more involved work in terms of like mapping out that journey and considering that journey, right? Whereas with an EP uh, or a single, um, there's there's less of that sort of cohesive or, or pressure, I guess, to create sort of that large cohesive unit. Um, so yeah, and it's funny, like there's a lot of quote unquote gurus right now who are all saying like, you know, you know, don't, don't, don't release full albums, you know, like, uh, it's all about like the singles these days with, with how the Spotify algorithms work and this and that. Mm. And uh, I don't get too wrapped up in that because like, for me, I, I love writing albums and I think it's just like such an amazing, uh, you know, albeit exhausting experience. Um, <laughs> So I don't get too wrapped up in that, but I do think that 
if you if you want to get over that hump of simply just getting your music out there and a lot of people who come to me you know there's there there are some obstacles whether they're mental or otherwise that are getting in the way i think alleviating that pressure getting getting rid of this idea that you need an album instead focusing on yeah three to five songs or or even writing three to five songs and then deciding okay one of those songs is going to be my first single i just think that's like a better way to to just sort of get yourself um out there in the beginning to just get over that initial hump Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, like I, so I've done several EPs, you know, but last year I took on a full length, my first full length. And I mean, I can speak to the fact that it, it is a quite a process to do something yes. like that. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's so rewarding to take people on a journey. And I mean, you can do things like concept albums where the story is yep. told throughout an entire album. And like, I think that is like the, like a next level of like, you know, not only complicated, but just a fascinating way to, to work on music. And totally. I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for a concept album, you know, like, <laughs> I, I think they're so fascinating and, you know, I hope to, to do something like that one day. And for sure, uh, I think that's like my next little like project is to do like my own concept album. So I love that. for you, uh, with, with your course, with your career, how did you overcome any like obstacles that you mm -hmm. faced or any challenges? Like, especially like with, with this program, like getting it off the ground, like what was it? What did you face any like challenges or setbacks or anything like that? Certainly. I, I mean, I think there have definitely been setbacks along the way. I mean, I, I think specifically with this program early on, I don't think I was clear enough on who I wanted to help. You know, like I knew that I wanted to help musicians, but obviously that's very broad. Um, so right. I, I wasn't, I feel like I wasn't clear on who I really wanted to help. And once I got clear on that, like everything became easier. You know, the content that I was creating was way more targeted. Um, I was way more focused. Uh, my communication was so much better when I got on these calls, I knew exactly who was the ideal client and who wasn't. So, um, so I guess for any sort of entrepreneurs and freelancers out there, if you're thinking about launching a coaching program, I would say, you know, be as specific as possible and be very clear on who it is you're, you're trying to serve. So I guess that was a struggle that I had early on with, uh, this program, um, that I fortunately was able to come out of in terms of my music. I think early on, um, because I was surrounded by such, uh, talented people just based on the, the circles I was in and having a, having a musical family. Um, I think there was an element of comparing myself to other people, which I think is natural. Um, and I think I just one day, and I remember it, it was, uh, it was in 2011, I was living in Connecticut at the time. I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to worry about these factors of, of insecurity or, uh, you know, uh, comparing myself and worrying that I'm not going to measure up. And instead I'm just going to like recognize that I am a student of music and I will forever be a student of music. And I think once I like humbled myself and, and obviously easier said than done, but once I like humbled myself to quote unquote, be a student forever. Um, then like the people that I was comparing to, it was less about like feeling like I less about, um, you know, whether or not I measured up to them and more about like, okay, like how could I actually learn from them? Um, so I think over the years, I've just always wanted to put myself in a situation where I was going to learn. 
um, and to try to, you know, humble myself to be the student and eliminate uh, ego from from anything. And again, easier said than done, but um, that I think early on having that mindset really set me on a good path. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I love. I love that you came on here and, and shared your story and, you know, talked a little bit about your, your program, what you offer people. Um, where do you want to go in the future? Like, what are your goals from, <laughs> from here on out? Like, do you have like a five-year goal maybe that you can share? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I try not to, um, I, I try not to get too wrapped up in like long-term goals, um, like super long-term, um, just because, I've always been one who has gotten clarity based on the action that I'm taking, you know, like, I don't, I don't think I would have loved, I, I wouldn't have learned about my love for, you know, business and, and freelancing, un, you know, unless I had actually done tutoring, which is, was kind of my first dive into that world. Um, so it, it's a tough question for me to answer. Um, I love, uh, I love helping people. I love, traveling. Um, I love meeting new people. And so I think for me, it's just continuing to, and especially now with, with, uh, there being a light at the end of the tunnel with, with this pandemic and everything else, um, just continue to maintain a lifestyle where I can continue to be my most creative and musical self. Um, so, you know, certainly there are, I have smaller goals, uh, that are less abstract, I guess, like touring Europe is, is definitely on my list. Um, getting back to, um, getting back to Asia to tour. Um, I did that a, a few years ago. Um, I think releasing a, releasing an album that is, different, uh, from anything I've done. I've kind of been in like the, the punk and pop world for, for a while, you know, releasing something totally different. So yeah, I guess, uh, in talking this out and sort of word vomit fashion, I guess I do have some, some tangible goals, but, uh, for me, uh, I, I try to focus on what's in front of me. And, uh, if I do set goals, I, I set them for not so far in the distant future. Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, we didn't even talk about the pandemic and how that affected your business. I, 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 you might be like, you might be like a lot of freelancers. Like I feel like we adapted mm -hmm. faster than anyone else did because you know, totally. a lot of us were already doing something from home and, and we just kind of adapted our entire business model to do that. So for you, like what was the pandemic like for you as a, as a business person? Yeah, it's funny. And, and when I, when I, I almost don't like saying this because there's this, um, almost this like this feeling of guilt. Like every time I, I voice it to friends and I don't even know that I've voiced it on a podcast before, but my, my business, my work actually grew, um, over the course mm -hmm. of the pandemic. And, and it's been such it's been such a challenging time. And, you know, I guess I'll preface this by saying that there are those near and dear to me who have, who have lost people. And it's, it's been uh, people I know personally have, have passed or who have suffered. And, um, it, it, it's been such, it's been such a dark time. Um, and it's, it's weird to think about how I've benefited, uh, from it. But the truth of the matter is I absolutely have. Um, I think, people specifically with this mentoring program 
we're looking for looking to really exercise that creative outlet during a time that was really challenging. Um, I think it was also a time for a lot of people who maybe they went on unemployment. Um, you know, they got out of that job that they didn't, they didn't want for all those years and, and they started to take action. They started to invest in themselves. And, um, I was totally a beneficiary uh, of, uh, of the pandemic in that way. And, and again, it's, it's like weird to say. Um, but I, I agree. I think freelancers, I think because we're just used to, to being, to, to living a life of instability, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, uh, it, it was almost like par for the course in, in some ways. Um, so I completely agree with that assessment. Yeah. And I mean, I, I totally understand that like guilt factor of like yeah. talking about it because I mean, same, you know, like as a video editor, like my last year was the best year I've had yeah. like business wise ever, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It, I was, I was so afraid of it, but you know, I, I talked to my dad who's a businessman and uh, yeah. he's, he's worked for the same company for 30 years, like about to retire kind of thing. And you know, he said like, once the snowball st starts rolling down the hill, it's very difficult to stop that snowball. Mm. So, I mean, all you got to do is keep pushing it down that hill and keep, keep working and keep grinding, you know, and you know, once it, once it starts going, it's going to keep going no matter what, no matter if there's a, a <laughs> world stopping pandemic or, or otherwise, you know, like, totally. so yeah, I, mean, I, I can attest to the fact that as a freelancer, like my career grew a lot last year too. Totally. And I think that from here, it's only going to continue growing for, you know, for yourself, for me, totally. for, for all the freelancers that took advantage of the situation. And, right. and, uh, I mean, like I was able to not only edit videos, but, you know, right. We did a, an entire album about the pandemic, you know, yeah, cause it yeah, was yeah. very fitting. So I guess I have kind of done a concept album, you know, in a way. We, just <laughs> we just haven't released it yet. Right, so right, it's right. like, you know, I kind of put it on a, a shelf in my brain for a second, but right, yeah. Right. Um, so I did uh, two full lengths and EP, like just kept grinding, you know, cause yeah. we had all that time to be creative, like you were totally. saying. And, you know, why not take advantage of it? So, yeah, and I, and I think a way uh, to kind of alleviate some of that guilt and, and what I've told myself is that yes, the business grew totally. Um, but also, you know, we as freelancers and, you know, myself with this program, we were helping people during this time as well, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a saying in business that selling is, is serving. Um, and I think I kind of believe that. I, I think that, you know, by, uh, by people, you know, offering, making financial commitments to your, your services, to your programs, you know, they're looking to hold themselves accountable. They're looking to make a change. Um, and if that change wants to come, you know, if they want that change to happen during, during a, a global pandemic, then, you know, then, then we're all better for it. So I think, uh, that's, that's something that I've told myself. Definitely. So, I know we kind of already talked about advice for your younger self, but, uh, my, my last question for you is what is something, you know, now that you wish you knew when you started all of this? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I, th it's, it's probably, it's probably, uh, this, a similar answer to what I was talking about before of like, you know, I wish I, I wish I knew that it would be okay to seek help out earlier, um, would, would probably, probably be what I would tell myself. Um, another thing I would 
I, I would wish wish that I knew is that everything's going to be okay. You know, so like if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about diving into freelancing and, and it seems scary, like I, I totally get that. But if it's in your if it's in your blood, um, it, it'll happen. Like you'll you'll be able to make it happen at some point. You just in order to take that plunge, there's an element of betting on yourself. You know, like when I. Uh, when I made the plunge, um, I think I had like three tutoring clients. Um, so I went out and I got a super cheap apartment in Jersey city, New Jersey. This was, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago now. Um, and I just did it and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, you know, glamorous, um, you know, certainly wasn't living large. Um, but I took a chance and, uh, I wish all those years of, of stressing, um, or thinking about, it, I wish I just knew that, you know, it's going to work out and it's okay to bet on yourself. Awesome. So if people want to continue following your journey or if they want to maybe sign up for the program or check out Dizzy Bats, uh, where can they go online, drop your social media, drop the website, and uh, we'll sure. go from there? Sure. So yeah, if you're if you're a freelancer who is looking for uh, accountability in other aspects of your life, perhaps it's you know writing your first album, EP, single, whatever it may be, um, best place to catch me is connorfrost.com c-o-n-n-o-r-f-r-o-s-t.com slash just start j-u-s-t-s-t-a-r-t from there you'll be able to book that free call that i was talking about um and we'll start to strategize and, and figure out uh, a game plan for you uh beyond that uh dizzy bats is the name of my band uh, you can go to dizzybatsmusic.com d-i-z-z-y B-A-T-S music.com. I'm also on Instagram as Connor L Frost, C-O-N-N-O-R-L Frost, as well as Dizzy Bats Music, um, both on Instagram there. Um, yeah, would love to connect with anyone and everyone. And yeah, and even and even if you're like a freelancer who maybe isn't interested, you know, in the program, you know, I'm happy to answer any questions about my journey. I'm, I always love connecting with people uh, regardless. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on Project Freelance and sharing your story and your insight with everybody here. Like, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this and for, you know, reaching out through the website, like taking the initiative to do it. A lot of people like I have to go to them, but like to have people come, come to the podcast and show interest in it, like that means a lot to me. So thank you, man. Yeah. I love the show. I love what you're doing and uh, I really appreciate you having me. All right. That was my episode with Connor Frost. If you guys want to check out his Instagram, his website, his band. I put all of his links down in the description for you. Thank you guys for listening to another episode. I will talk to you next week for another episode of Project Freelance. We are now in season eight. Thank you guys for coming back to the show and showing it some love. If you're new, please hit the subscribe button. If you're a veteran listener, please leave a rating and feedback, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps us find a broader audience. If you would like to come on the show, you can DM me on Instagram at Project Freelance or K and Agonio. All of my links are down in the description, or you can shoot me an email at contact at just the letter K.com. So spell out just the letter K J U S T T H E letter K. Uh, and you guys can uh, hit me up and we'll get you on the show. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Stay strong. Keep enduring, go out, go create something. And I'll talk to you soon.